This is Marco, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Welcome to episode 178 of The Yellow Wallpot. I'm your host, Stefan Butzko, as always. And I'm here to talk all things Borussia Dortmund yet again with two guys on the panel. We have a newcomer for this week since uh, everyone else ditched us. But nevertheless, Joshua Hall at BVB Cambridge on Twitter. Uh, I'm delighted to have you finally on. I asked you a couple of weeks ago because uh, I often agree with your opinions and hence that qualifies you for an audition on the yellow wall pot so hello josh how are you doing hello Stefan. thank you very much it's uh nice to have uh opinions validated <laughs> yeah isn't it right um and uh, also here to validate our opinions is luca giel hello luca so now we know you just have to agree with Stefan on twitter and he'll invite you to the podcast so That's that's the the special trick you have to do, people on Twitter. Hello, Stefan. How are you doing? I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not, it's a trick you didn't pull off because I n never agree with what you write. Yeah, that's fair. But um, you know, to keep it balanced, I always invite a person that I think is correct, and then the next one is wrong. And me, yeah. And you. <laughs> 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 no, um, yeah, in, in all seriousness, we have uh, a couple of things to get to. We have to uh, talk about uh, Borussia Dortmund's 2-1 loss away to Hertha Berlin. Um, then we have to talk, I don't know for how long, but we have to talk about the 3-0 win against Lotte and then also preview Friday's game against Ingolstadt, which is also the reason why we are already recording this on Wednesday. And we also have some news to announce, but before... Before we do that, I have to, of course, thank a lot of people um, because we launched a Patreon page last week and uh, we were yeah, a bit blown away by it. Uh, if you didn't know, we had three incentives or, you know, three Borussia Dortmund Collectors Cup to, uh, you know, lure <laughs> you into uh, pledging us some money on the Patreon page where you can support us. And uh, the beauty of, of the Yellow Wall Pod probably is that it's uh, very internationally received, meaning those uh, collector cups will go out to New York, they will go out to Japan and to Switzerland. So that's that's pretty cool. I hope uh, <laughs> the uh, shipping fee is covered, but if not, you know, I don't care. Um, yeah, I have to wind down a very long list now. And of course, uh, I will uh, start with Maximilian Scheif with Dave Fackerson, Glorious Bill, Aaron Hessler, Tom McCool, which is probably the coolest name in that list, Christo Noor, Keith David, Mark Lemke, Steve Jones, Johannes Maus, Scott Doherty, Tom Payne, Steve Berkowitz, Live Meinzer, and there are also two silent pledgers. So thanks to you too. Um, yeah, to, to the entire 
credits here. A uh, big thank you for that support. Uh, our server costs are already covered and I think it won't take too long until we have a, a new set of microphones for a couple of guys on the panel. I'm not naming any names. Last. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> thank you, Luca, for making it that obvious. What? I didn't, Although, I didn't, last I didn't say anything. Just cough. No, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably still from the breadcrumbs here <laughs> that, that are stuck in your throat. <laughs> anyway, um, our little new segment for which I still don't have a jingle yet because I'm lazy, uh, starts now. So Joshua, today Gonzalo Castro extended his contract until 2020. And then it was Jakob Brunlasen who also put pen to paper in the hospital, still recovering from an injury, of course, uh, extending to 2021. Initial thoughts on that? Well, I, as people who've seen me on Twitter know, I've got hashtag good Castro and hashtag bad Castro. And we've seen plenty of, well, now plenty of both of them uh, up until now, which is great. Um, I think historically Castro has had good second halves of the seasons. Uh, so hopefully we can see more of that. I, I'm fine with that, even if there are bad Castro moments. Uh, he's with, with the youth that we have on the team. It is good to have some, you know, some veterans, at least he's what, 30 years old now, I think. Uh, so he's, he's going to be a good, uh, person to have in the locker room, especially as some of the other more seasoned ones that unfortunately, you know, will probably have to move on. Um, you know, some, there's some still of the leftovers of the, uh, couple era, but I, I, I'm happy that Castro's back or will stay with Dortmund. Um, yeah. Well, how dare you? He's twenty nine. <laughs> He's twenty nine. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing that a lot tonight. So, um, yeah, Luca, uh, over to you now for Mr. Jakob Brunlasen. How do you see his contract extension? Uh, I was a bit surprised actually because um, not not wasn't everyone <laughs> <laughs> um, not because he's injured at the moment, but uh, I didn't think. Um, I mean, I didn't see that many youth games this this year, but last season I've seen a few, and uh, he was clearly not as good as Pulisic and uh, Paslak back then uh, in the first half of the season, mostly. But uh, I could see him play the wingback role. Maybe Tuchel has something like that in mind, and the club bosses should Tuchel even be around by <laughs> by then? Um, yeah. I still like that <laughs> after they struck out with Mitchell Weiser on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> probably the immediate re uh, re reaction to it. Um, yeah, I still like the, the sign that they support a player who who's just gotten injured um, pretty severely. Um, I like that. It's the first time I've seen a contract extension done in a hospital. I think <laughs> the first time they posted a picture like that. So that's that's pretty funny in itself. Oh, not funny, but interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, I was that funny? <laughs> um, no, it's not funny he's there, but it's funny they do it there, maybe. Uh, they rushed it, hmm. totally rushed it. But Must be that German humor. <laughs> I thought it was funny. See, okay. see not alone. <laughs> now you're off the podcast because you didn't agree with Stefan. But, um, 
Yeah, no, it's 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 good that they show their trust in him, and if they see something I didn't see in him, uh, yeah, maybe I'm just wrong. Uh, I still like him as an athlete, not an amazing footballer, but he, his <laughs> his output uh, in the under 19 is really good this season. So I still like him as an athlete is also <laughs> something you would say about Eric Durm, though. Yeah, that's true. But he does play a lot under Tuchel, so and he didn't suck at all of the games, so. <laughs> maybe maybe wow. and, and Larsen is a huge compliment and is a better footballer than than Doom I would say so that's something woohoo woohoo so yeah Dortmund still building obviously towards their future uh, I think it's a it's a nice commitment from from both sides um, Josh do you think Brun Larsen um will earn millions now or do you think he will eventually have to extend his contract again to really be in the money? I probably very contingent on his level of performance. Uh, I, I don't see him getting into the first team uh, unless there is some remarkable uh, improve, not improvement, not that he needs to really improve, but there's just too much, too much talent already in front of him. Uh, but I mean, who knows if, if he goes, has a decent, uh, rehabilitation after his injury comes through, uh, summer camp well, uh, in the preseason. And I mean, who knows? We, we were talking about Pulisic at this time last year as, you know, uh, uh, maybe might be, and now he's the thing. So it's, I think it's just too early to tell, but I, I agree with Luke on, on a lot of his, you know, assessments as far as athleticism, we just really don't know the, the, the potential there. Yeah, as we famously said on every show, we just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inside. That's, yeah, that's, that's the inside we, we provide on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Um, yeah, we also probably should mention that Gonzalo Castro extended his deal, uh, for just another year. So I assume that's just, uh, basically a bump up of his bank account. At least I hope it is for him. Um, but yeah, I also agree with you that, that it's justified because we've seen a lot of hashtag good Castro in recent weeks and I hope it's, it's more permanent. And I think it's the most consistent face of Castro we've seen in a very long time, to be honest. And, uh, maybe that's just down to, yeah, the uh, system Tuchel is playing right now, meaning he's uh, paired up with Julian Weigel and, uh, Yeah, both help each other a little bit more in, in midfield, but we will obviously get to that a bit later. Um, also, we have to mention that Mario Götze, um, is, uh, reacting well to his treatment of, uh, yeah, his, uh, metabolic disorder or whatever you want to call it. Um, and if everything goes by plan, he should be back up and running and fully fit for the start of the next season. So yes, he's ruled out for the entirety of the season either way. Um, Luca, is there anything we have to mention there? Well, just wish him get well soon. Yeah, just leave him alone, let him recover, and then hopefully he'll be back on the pitch next season and as good as he was, and or better preferably um, and at the end of the Hinrunde. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, also big news alert today. 
popping up everywhere on my Twitter feed was that Borussia Dortmund had to evacuate the headquarters because some idiot sent them an envelope full of, of a suspicious white powder. Uh, turned out to be powdered sugar. Um, sweet relief maybe in the end, but not really funny at all. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, good to know that the uh, fire brigade had a mobile laboratory, which is pretty cool, I find. So whoever is working that thing, cool job there. So yeah, Josh, anything anything to add on on powdered sugar? Maybe uh, <laughs> talk about Borussia Dortmund's waffle maker or. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I don't know it's it i guess it happens there are idiots out there all the time i remember yeah, it was a weird day the dortmund twitter account was hacked as well oh yeah yeah i, I remember seeing that I, I saw that when it came up before they uh they took it down i guess that was a big news story because uh there were like thousands of en- like pretty uh prominent entities that got hacked on that one yeah boris becker one of them as well it's at least what I saw, but uh, yeah, I didn't really pay too much attention at the time when it all went down. And uh, yeah, thus uh, shall I conclude our little news segment because we actually do have to get onto the games. Um, Luca, I actually didn't ask you, were you at the game in Berlin since you are living there? Uh, I stayed away because we're always losing when I go there, but it didn't work. So <laughs> yeah, next. Superstition is stupid, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I still. <laughs> Also, I, I, <laughs> you just didn't have a ticket. Uh, no, no, I could could have tried to get a ticket, but uh, no. I also don't like the stadium at all, and yeah, that's a very fair point. Uh, um, the uh, view at the Olympia Stadion isn't always the best. That's true. And- Anywho, you still get to talk about the game, even though you've seen it in your own flesh, uh-huh. but probably on the television. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we start? <laughs> Do we start easily uh, with Andre Schulle missing that chance? Uh, well, the, the game started with that, so we we could also start with that. Yeah. So, yeah, if 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 he scores that, then the game probably goes in a different direction. Um, but overall, I didn't think it was it was a bad game. Um, just the result was pretty bad. Other than that, uh, the first half... All right, all right, let me stop you here. Overall, I think it was a bad game. It was a good performance, but the result was bad. Just be very clear on this, because watching Hertha play is never good. Yeah, that's true. They're just not easy on the eyes, so just be very, very uh, They drag everyone down to their level. Yeah. That's just what they do. Anyway, continue, carry on. Well, um, yeah, my my biggest... Let's start with the first half... (laughs) Um, my biggest beef, so to say, with this game was, um, I mean, it's understandable that Tuchel wanted to take out Dembele for sure because he had cramps and uh, Pulisic also had a, had a minor issue at the end of the um, Benfica game. So I understand taking them out and they're also young and need time to recover. But the problem you're left with is, uh, especially when you're without Royce, you don't really have creative players anymore and the only one left uh, in in the offensive midfield was Shinji Kagawa who basically had to play three roles at once and in front of him were Andre Schule and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who don't contribute to the combination game as much as other players do so that was a bit tough to watch in in the first half I, I thought. Okay Joshua uh, going by the 
pre-talks of this show, um, I assume we all have a very uh, distinct opinion of Mr. Schuller right now. Um, first of all, we we can all say that he so far has flopped for a 30 million signing, which isn't entirely his fault that he cost that much. But um, to talk a little bit more about the football side of things, um, how did you see his body positioning for that shot he took in a second minute? I don't know. That's uh, he's he's an enigma to me. Uh, I think it really does depend on the system that he, in which he plays. Um, and obviously, we saw that Tuchel made that adjustment in the second half to rather than have him play as the the uh, guy occupying the the half spaces to be what Luca was trying to describe as the the, the creative person, which he is not. Um, in the first half, it was a dismal failure, but sending him out to the wing is where he has in the past, other than when he's been playing striker, he has in the past succeeded. Uh, he's just too much of a one-dimensional player. I mean, the, the shot itself, though, I I saw it as he maybe a crisis of confidence. Um, he looked to be caught between two minds. I think a confident Shirley would have taken the shot. Uh, and, you know, potentially at least put it on target. But his lack of confidence, I think, forced him to think twice and consider the pass and what he did was somewhat in between. I don't know. To me, it looked like he was pretty much going for the shot. But either way, you know, I'm always a bit vexed when a professional football player does, uh, you know, and has so much time and space to properly position his body to just uh, do it technically so wrong I mean he was almost in a 45 degree angle when he took the shot and you know almost reading his body positioning which is why I also asked you because I'm really aggravated by things like that um, is that that the ball could only go I don't know somewhere to the Friedenssäule or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it was it was infuriating I I don't I I, I saw it and I couldn't believe it. That was the only possible explanation that could come up in my mind that <laughs> could have explained it. Sure, he's probably not, you know, filled with confidence right now, but still I think, you know, as a professional footballer, you have to do a bit better there. It's still early in the game, so you can't be exhausted, so the focus should be there. But obviously it it, it wasn't and um yeah, before we dwell too much on on Schürrle right now because that would just get ugly, uh, we can dwell on Matthias Ginter. Because, focus because that's much better. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, focus not being there or should be there, uh, is also not the case with Mr. Ginter. So, um, Luca, is that something that just can happen? The heavy touch and losing the ball to Ibizovic or, uh, you know, is, is this a witch hunt on Matthias Ginter now? A justified one. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not sure if there is a witch hunt, but yeah, those things definitely can happen, and it, those things happen to Socrates as well. Uh, mo the the thing with Socrates is that he's so fast and uh, strong that he usually makes up for it and just catches the guy. Um, he uses the he loses the ball too, but I remember I think it was a cup game in, against Union or something uh, where it happened to him. Um, uh, some other instances as well. So those things do happen, but. It is annoying, obviously, in a game like that, that is pretty tight and totally tips tips it the way uh, of Hertha. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's no worse plan than going one nil behind at the Olympiastadion this season as they only had conceded five in 11 home matches. Josh, Matthias Ginter, obviously uh, <laughs> a much maligned player on the yellow wall pod. Um, but as Luca just mentioned, he could have still made up for his error against Ibizabic, but he didn't. Why, yeah, why, he, why not? I... I've been a not a supporter of Matsu Ginter, I, I, but I've been more patient, I guess, with him than than a lot of folks um, out there have been. I, but he needs. I think he could do decently if he has a Socrates playing next to him, yeah, similar to Bartra. Um, you know, Ginter tends to make some sort of hasty, rushed decisions that don't always end well um, or the, 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 the somewhat frequent mistakes as we just saw get punished extremely uh, swiftly and severely without the, 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 the constant rock of, of a guy like Socrates or so. It, but I, I mean, as I, as I said in the, uh, in the pre-show, um, I, I just don't see Ginter, Uh, lasting very long at Dortmund, um, not with, especially with Toprak coming in. Uh, Ginter still may surprise us all and be a great center back as he develops more and matures, but I don't see him getting the, the, the starting time or the playing time come next year with three or four center backs uh, in front of him in the pecking order. Uh, he's already dropped hints that he may want to leave. I think uh, was it was... Herbe was interested in him, or there were some uh, rumors out there on that. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Dortmund uh, unload him in the summer. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I actually do think that there is a good center back somewhere in Matthias Ginter, but uh, right now I don't think he will get the time to actually unfurl fully. And uh, yeah, he has been linked with RB Leipzig, and I think they see exactly that in him, you know, and and hope that they can get the talent and quality of Matthias Ginter actually on, on the ground. I don't know if he would then play for Marvin Compare. So, um, you know, this is obviously just a rumor mill talking here. But before we dwell too much on, on Ginter and, and Schüller and all the negative things, um, Luca Yori mentioned that there was actually a good performance to be had of this, out of this game. And I think all three points were for the attacking. So let's talk about the most positive thing about this game, and I think that was Shinji Kagawa. Yeah, not only this game, but also the game against Lotte. Um, he's gotten relatively few uh, minutes on, in the past few weeks, and suddenly, out of nowhere, is showing some of the best form he's had um, ever since his return, I would say. The, the Hertha match was probably... Unless I'm forgetting, some match was probably the best match he had since his return to Dortmund, I would say. And uh, that's especially... He had a couple of good games in between, but but you are right, there, yeah. there was up there yeah. with them. And that's, that was, uh, yeah, especially um, impressive because he had to play with Schürrle and Aubameyang in front of him and didn't really have anyone to combine with him except maybe for Castro. And yeah, Tuchel made some like like just said in the in the second half he made some interesting adjustment that basically Guerrero went into a bit more into the center and played the more creative role, and Schürrle just was outside the athlete on the outside on the wing, 
and uh, when they lost the ball, Schürrle was pressing again uh, up front, and Guerrero was moving back to his left back role uh, or wing back role, and that worked pretty nicely because there were just better angles for everyone um, and better connection between Castro, uh, Guerrero, and Kagawa, and they had players to combine with basically. And I thought after the half, Dortmund was the team which looked more likely or much more likely to score. Just the last pass or the finish wasn't there. I, I think I remember Castro being one-on-one through with the goalkeeper and this finish wasn't there. So And then you concede this free kick and then it's over. So that's a bit unlucky as well. Yeah, certainly, certainly. But, uh, you know, the chances were there. I also do remember a cross of uh, Eric Doom that was just a bit, overweight <laughs> there was just a bit too much on it uh on for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to have his trademark tap in but uh you know talking about the Dortmund goal I think that was the very first goal of Aubameyang in a very long time that wasn't a tap in but a really uh yeah complicated shot I would say because beating Jarstein who for me is one of the best keepers in the Bundesliga isn't easy and especially not from that angle but Nevertheless, he managed that. Uh, Josh, do you want to talk us through that move? I, I it was really great. To, it, 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 piling on what Luca said, uh, Kagawa had just an absolutely phenomenal game, uh, especially with uh, his lack of options uh, in front of him. And that goal there uh, kind of exemplified that. Uh, Kagawa made space for others just by. I, I kind of had fun with it. I tweeted it uh, that the, losing the ball between his feet is part of the plan when it comes to Shinji Kagawa. Uh, but that's exactly what he did. He drew defenders over to him uh, away from Aubameyang and picked him out with a, a very timely pass. And I, I still don't know how that goal kind of happened. I, I, he must have just blasted it right past Yarstein. I mean, it, it was pretty fairly close bl- uh, point blank, but uh, the yeah, it was a very un Obama Young like goal, um, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean he's scored a couple of those in the past, but uh, you know, in, in 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 more recent games, I feel like he almost exclusively scored tap ins, which of course is not a bad thing because you still have to be there, and make the run, and have the timing and everything. Um, but it of course also just speaks for how good Dortmund are in carving out chances that uh, you know if you are. The striker, you more or less just have to put it over the line, quote unquote. You know, still not as easy as it looks, of course. Everyone who played football, him or herself, knows that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of glaring misses from very close range as oh, yeah. well. But, you know, let's, let's not talk too much about me missing things because, you know, that would get awkward and very extended. Um, Luca, if we look at a more general picture right now, because Dortmund, of course, uh, lost again after a midweek game, um, and we can talk about the lack of sharpness, but I think we can also just talk about that Dortmund is going through a better phase right now. Do you agree with me here? Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty decent. I think they paid a bit for, for the lack of rotation, um, which was nice because it allowed the players to get a rhythm and, yeah, a few wins in a row. Uh, except for the Benfica one, but they they seem to uh, have overused some of the players. Uh, just a few 
injuries accumulating now and some muscle problems. So uh, that's that's the side effect of not rotating, basically. But we also see why they aren't rotating as much because the, the fringe players don't seem to be in a great shape at the moment, or some of them at least. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, the hashtag automatism were very strong. And um, yeah, Tuchel, Tuchel said it, I think, ahead of the game against Lotte. I just read out my own tweet here because I translated it. And he said, if you decide to play them, despite all indications, talking about Mr. Weigel and Aubameyang having some muscular problems and Aubameyang actually being doubtful for the game against Ingolstadt because of that, and continued, uh, then you have to atone for it at some point. And I, I think uh, with the entire debate about rotation going on and whether uh, Tuchel rotates too much or not, um, you know, that pretty much says it that, you know, he is trying to rotate as little as possible in the, at the moment. But, you know, I, I find it all a bit uh, weird that there's always so much talk about the rotation because, yes, changes have to be made, but it's not like other teams in the world, be it Bayern Munich or Barcelona or Real Madrid, that, I mean, they also struggle, right? If if they have midweek games, it's not like a Dortmund exclusive. It's just that other teams just have that bit more individual quality that they still get the results, but that's just a process of Dortmund A learning how to deal with it because there are still a couple of players who play their very first Champions League season and um then it's it's also just uh yeah just the whole team building. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't in the long term I, I don't think that Dortmund will drop too many points in situations like this. But uh, you know, a game against Hertha is always tricky and I I, f I feel like Dortmund could go there and drop points any given weekend we've seen it in recent years i mean the record in in berlin is not great so that's it's not out of the usual and hertha is the best home team in the league so yeah there shouldn't be too much of a uh, i don't know overreaction to to a loss like that to a game you could have easily won so people especially hashtag perspective yeah, people need to calm down <laughs> Yeah, th that they have to in, in general if, if you're not already calm, but I, I feel like most of our listeners are very calm folk. So, you know, we're <laughs> preaching to the choir <laughs> yeah. here. Uh, Josh, um, do you think that Roman Birki could have, should have saved that, uh, <laughs> free kick of Marvin Plattenhardt? I was just thinking that and I was glad, I'm glad you asked. Uh, That's a controversial one. Uh, I, I wrote up my player ratings for Fear of the Wall the other day and uh, got blasted by one of the res resident curmudgeons who despises uh, Roman. Well, not he, the Weidenfeller fan, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't see too much wrong with what with Berkey there. Um, I mean, it was maybe you can argue with the placement of the wall, uh, but Haraguchi did his best to to block Berkey's view. Um, I mean, Dortmund can't just shove him out of the way. I mean, it was the goalkeeper's corner, so if you place the ball, yeah. it's it's really for the other corner, I would say. So, props to Haraguchi for yeah, that. and 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 he blocked him enough so that I I think that that Berkey wasn't quite set in his footing wise, is because he was trying to peer out around him to to take a look at it. And and let's be honest, Plattenhart drilled that into the top corner. I mean, there, you can't kick it better than that. So whether Berkey should have gotten it, maybe, 
Um, but I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna to second guess him on that. It was just a, a wonderfully executed free kick. Yeah, I was uh, also firmly sitting on the fence in my player ratings for ESPN. <laughs> I was like, yep, hard to say whether he should have saved it or not. I mean, it was just inch perfect by Platinum. And Berkey, Berkey had some really bad moments during the game, too. I mean, one, you just completely channeled his inner Simon Mignolet on one where he tipped that rocket uh, from way outside the box onto the bar. And then in the subsequent quarter kick, you know, ran out there, got blocked off and started flapping his arms, trying to control his area, which is a, the thing that, that really he suffers from. But uh, as far as a shot stopper, I'm not really too worried about rookie. Yeah, there are better keepers out there, but I, honestly, um, and I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to sound like Pep Guardiola on this, but we don't need the greatest goalkeeper in the world if, if, uh, if we can execute two cool system, you know, to perfection. Yeah. Although the best goalkeeper in the world doesn't hurt when you have him. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so easy for Pep to say when he had Manuel Neuer, but. I mean, with, with, with the Caballero right now, I get his point, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, ne nevertheless, uh, that, that was certainly a talking point. Um, Luca, there's another talking point, and that's called Mitchell Weiser. <laughs> there was a whole episode of him. Why, why, why don't you just talk? us through it because I don't want to. Uh, well, I think everyone everyone saw what happened, right? Um, and uh, at first it looked even worse because uh, it was hard to see that Dembele actually hit him. And uh, I think he hit him quite quite hard, but um, he, there's no reason whatsoever for him to wait a moment, then go down like he was shot and, uh, you know have his hands in front of his face and then hold his knee that made no sense whatsoever and after the game he he uh, gave two interviews uh one to the i think it was sky and one to uh ARD, which is the first german te television and said yeah i just did what dembele does all the time i just uh yeah acted a bit and Made it a, made it seem bigger than it actually was, and had a big grin on his face. So he kind of admitted to that it wasn't as bad as he made it seem. And then a few minutes later, he, he went to Instagram and uh, to, uh, posted a picture of his of his ankle. Which, yeah, we we can't know for sure if that's even from the from Dembélé's uh, foot because he was also fought by Ginter before the free kick, and then I think there was a situation with Batra. And also, I think, kind of, you know, make up your mind and decide uh, to go with one narrative. Either you acted and you made it, also, it was totally on purpose and you knew what you were doing, or it hurt so much and you had to, that, you know, you see it on Instagram that he was hit so hard and it hurt so much they had, they had to go down. And which, uh, the thing which I think gets overlooked a bit is that he actually picked the ball up to hoof it out of the stadium. Who does that? I mean, I've never seen anyone pick up a ball and just hoof it up, hoof it in the sky. Oh, that to... was a punt. Yeah. That, that was a punt. Oh, why do you do that? Yeah. Why do you do that? I've never seen anyone time waste like that. That's insane. Yeah, he just wanted to, to get very close to uh, Dortmund's own end zone. Yeah, he wanted to pin Dortmund back. 
Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that was ridiculous at first. I mean, I can see why people are saying, yeah, just, um, Dembele just has to stay away. And I don't like any of Dembele's antics towards referees and when he goes down either. So Weiser maybe even may even have a point there, but that was worse. And I can understand Dembele going there because you want to uh, keep a player from just punting the ball away when you when you're down a goal. And that was that was crazy unfair. Just picking up the ball and hoofing it away it was, yeah. Bit ridiculous. Yeah, maybe it should have been two two yellow cards yeah, in that for me, instance. One for hoofing the ball away, and another one for uh, being yeah, a dick, flailing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, there's the explicit <laughs> tag. <laughs> um, but you know, I I do you know from a from from some angle, I do enjoy that Dembele got a taste of his own medicine because you know I also don't like this entire flailing and, 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 and rolling around after being kicked. Yes, of course, they do get kicked a lot and it probably hurts like hell, but there's no reason to, uh, yeah, put on a, an, I don't know, award-winning acting performance. Josh, your two cents? Yeah, I, it, it did look a lot worse, uh, after the fact, because I, I, no one saw that angle, um, it, it was just ridiculously comedic uh, to the, the live TV viewer. But uh, yeah, I did see Dembele take him pretty hard to the to the shin there. But Mitchell Visa is a, is a hothead. Um, I never liked watching him. He's such a talented player too. Uh, but you know, if something bad happens, and that's exactly what had happened. He you know, disagreed with the the call, wanted the foul, didn't get it, or, or disagreed with the calling of the foul, and then just angrily wanted to hoof the ball down there because he was throwing a temper tantrum. So, Visor does have a point. Like you said, Dembele does do that quite often. I can't stand it when he does, so, oh well. Anywho, it's all a bit ironic that, uh, you know, in, in two out of three games where Dortmund played Hertha, that uh, Hertha gained an advantage in, in some point by... Uh, Basically diving, am I? I mean, uh, oh, yeah. did it in the first game, and 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 yeah. the irony of 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 the entire thing of that is that Paul Dada is the expert, quote unquote, of uh, Mena Fußball, <laughs> which is also <laughs> a, you know one. men's. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I, I think he he uh, he probably doesn't even see it as sexist. I just think he uh, you know compares it to kids' football yeah. rather than to women's football. <laughs> I hope that's the the only excuse. Not like Sendera. But yeah. Either either way I I don't really appreciate that. But yeah, all a bit ironic and I think with that we can turn our attention to Lotte. Was a pretty comprehensive 3 win in the cup in the end. Um but Josh, what happened there in the first 20 minutes? Uh I don't know. Uh, they uh, the pitch didn't help. That was like a bummer. Yeah, well, what the pitch? Concrete. The pitch didn't also didn't improve. Over. <laughs> true, very true. But uh, no, it was. I don't know if they, if they were just lackadaisical. Lotta played w very well. Uh, I give See? them a lot See? of credit. That's what one could say, for example. <laughs> They did. They nothing, nothing, uh, and they're used to playing on that surface too. Uh, I think Dortmund uh, obviously are a lot used to playing on better surfaces. So 
maybe it took them time to grow into the game a little bit. Um, but, you know, Lota came out against them just really hard. Uh, and obviously, I I know you're a professional and you're going to get up for the game, but if you're going to go up against a third division side, you might be lying to yourself if, you're third, if you say you're completely ready and up for the game. So... Uh, thankfully, we didn't concede, um, so we weren't punished for for the types of mistakes that uh, a better, well, uh, you know, a Bundesliga team probably would have would have done. But yeah, no, it was uh, some some hairy moments there in the beginning. Yeah, it's something I can't write down, of course, <laughs> for ESPN or so. But it's 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 something I call the noob effect, um, uh, which happens to me when I'm playing video games and I realize that I'm far t- superior to anyone else, and uh, you know, so in never. the end, I, I just lose lose focus <laughs> and uh, you know, be dr- dragged down to the level of my opponents. So um, yeah, I can I can see that happening, but. Um, I feel like it, it happened worse to uh, Mr. Usman Dembele, Luca. I, I thought he was a tad arrogant there by the way he played in the first half. I thought he was just uh, not as dynamic as he usually is. Um, tried a lot of one-on-ones. But he, 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's normal, but he, I think, tried even more than he usually does. I mean, that looked like the uh, Dembele that... Um, you know, at the beginning of, of his uh, Dortmund career. Yeah, he, I mean, he's still a kid. <laughs> so you kind of have to get used to him not being amazing all the time. And even in his great games, he has uh, he has those moments where he isn't great. And then he does something amazing and then it's 1-0 for Dortmund again in this game even. So um, the, the run and pass to Pulisic were great and basically uh, tipped the way. Uh, tip the game into Dortmund's way. Um, so I wouldn't be too harsh on him. He just looked a bit tired to me. If I'm, uh, yeah, it's always tough to say because you never know how how fit or unfit players are when they play. But he looked a bit tired to me, and I wouldn't say arrogant to be honest. Speaking of tired, it was more or less my favorite moment of the game that uh, when he went on that run for the Pulisic assist, his marker day. Uh, whose first name just escaped me sadly. Uh, he just gave up mid sprint. He was like, ah, nah. He said, not, not gonna make that. He said good day to him, Dembele. And... Okay, exactly. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, it was a good one. Give you that. Josh, um, Marcel Schmelzer scored a free kick. Andre Schüler not make two people at once while scoring. Uh, which was more audacious? Well, Schürrle's goal was—I I was surprised, not surprised, but it was—it was out of uh, recent form because it was executed so perfectly. Uh, that was a very well executed side volley, and you're going to get lucky sometimes. You—you you can't you can't score without putting it on the net, and if you're in a, a crowded box, sometimes it's going to get blocked, and sometimes it's going to sneak through. I mean, I guarantee you. Shirla is not going to say that, yeah, I aimed it right there. Uh, but no, it was good on him. He's great for his confidence. I'm happy he scored. Schmelzer, I, <laughs> I, I first saw it and I thought it had tipped in off the post. I thought it was perfection. And then I saw the replay and I was like, oh my goodness, that was a. Uh, well, he scored good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that was the uh, hmm, maybe I would have saved it moment. But no, um, uh, after after the uh, game, he said actually in an interview that uh, after having conceded a free kick uh, in the keeper's corner, he thought himself he might just try the same, and it worked. <laughs> so uh, you know you can you can laugh it up. Mr. Hall. Uh, throwing, was, throwing some shade on his keeper. That's that's awesome. That, that was just uh, a brilliant move by Mr. Schmelzer. So uh, free kicks to the goalkeeper corner. Very hot right now. Yes. So, Lucas, since I asked Josh, I will also give you the same opportunity. Which was the better goal, the second or the third? I mean, uh, <laughs> I watched the game with Luis and, and David. And we had to laugh really hard at the Schmelzer free kick. So, probably a Schmelzer free kick. Just only Schmelzer can score free kicks by shooting directly at the keeper. Fine. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's completely out of the discussion here that Pulisic's nutmeg, the first goal, was probably the best of all in terms of execution and build-up. And uh, yeah, it's it's always good to see that the 18-year-old is then has the, the calmness and serenity and all the things you need to score that kind of goal and finally get the opener. And I think after that, the game was pretty much in the back. So, uh, yeah, Dortmund play Bayern next. That will be on the 25th or 16th April going down at the Allianz Arena. So everyone can look forward to that game. Should be a good one. But, uh, yeah, in the meantime, we have to talk about Friday's game already. It's, uh, against Ingolstadt. And if everyone remembers correctly, it was a three all draw. Mm. In the reverse fixture, and uh, it was Dortmund uh, playing Benfica before that. I think it was the away game, and uh, they didn't really look too sharp in that game. Now they have about two days rest in between. Um, Josh, do you expect a similar game of Dortmund not really being sharp, or do you think it's going to be a home game? Tuchel will put some fresh legs on the ground, and everything will be butterflies. Well, anything's possible. Um, I, I I don't think we'll see a replay of, of the the almost disaster in Ingolstadt. Um, it was early in the season, the first game, and we, like you had mentioned, we were having a little bit of issues at that time. So we're back home in the Westfalenstadion. Um, I think we have the, the players and the personnel that can uh, can put together a win, even without a Bomiang. Uh, Ingolstadt doesn't scare me. Uh, they've had a, a very kind of crazy recent record of winning some games they shouldn't have won and losing some games they should have won. But uh, I'm not too worried about it. They're, they're a team that's going down. But then again, I said the same thing about Darmstadt, so I could be completely off. Yeah, well, it's it's a home match, and that always changes, I think, a bit of the uh, the attitude of Dortmund players, let's put it this way. Um, Luca Ingolstadt now 7 in the Bundesliga have just won one match out of their last five, which was a 2-0 win away to Frankfurt, and I think there was some controversy involved in that one. Um, they also lost against Bayern Munich, which, as Josh said, uh, probably you know should have come away with points from that because that's where they actually look well. Um, how do you think they are doing under uh, what's his name? Something with Baum. Can't think of his name, the coach. Isn't it Kai Walpurgis? Yeah, Walpurgis. Okay. Right. Baum is the, the the Augsburg guy. 
Exactly, exactly. Okay, we just have to edit that. Okay. Without, <laughs> like uh, like but, always. Like always. Luca, how do you s see the transition at Ingolstadt uh, under Mike Walpurgis? Uh, I think it's Kai Walpurgis, wait. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> let me. Under Walpurgis, just answer, answer the question. No, wait, let me Google it real quick. Uh, it is, it is Mike, Mike. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, Mike. Why did I think Kai? Yeah, no All right, leaving this okay. in now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, your mess up doesn't make the show, but mine does. Um, <laughs> in, Ingolstadt um, always look good against the bigger teams uh, just because of their approach to the game, which is uh, usually a high press and then try to turn over the ball and deepen the opponent's half and then yeah, pretty direct towards goal. They won against Leipzig this season. Uh, I think they were the first team to beat Leipzig. I'm not sure. And yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I think. and like you said, uh, the loss against Bayern came in the last few minutes. It was nil nil until then, and they even looked good uh, in Munich and uh, had loads of chances to walk away with at least a point there. And uh, yeah, also just lost one nil to Hertha and also looked okay in that game. Uh, which was a horrible game, and yeah, they 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 know how to um, basically pause, uh, uh, yeah, difficult difficult games for opponents that are usually better than them and have a team with better individual quality, and that's what they're good at, and that's what Dortmund are struggling with. We saw the Darmstadt game. Um, <laughs> We still remember it vividly. We saw how Hertha dragged them down to their level. We saw the first half of Lotto where Lotto did great and also yeah, pressed them high. And Dortmund struggled with that, especially when they have Ginter in the back and Bartra not as good as he was in the week uh, weeks before. That's going to be difficult. And I think it could go either way, really. Yeah, I think the good news for this game is that Socrates will be back. And can pair up against, uh, against, with Bartra, of course. Um, Josh, do you expect, uh, for Tuchel to hold on to, uh, two wing backs and a back three in this one? I don't know. Um, I haven't really seen Ingolstadt play aside from, uh, our ill fated, uh, journey there last, uh, during the, the, the Henrunda. Um, Yeah, I don't know. You have to punt on that one. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I actually do <laughs> think he will he will stick to it regardless of how English shot play, just because it has worked in recent weeks, and I don't think there's too much reason to change it. I mean, Hertha snuffed it out a little bit, but I think that was also just down to Dortmund playing with a couple of uh, alterations of their own backline, meaning uh, Batra in a different position and and so on. Um, Luca. We did mention, or maybe I did mention, that Usman Dembele is um, not, um, yeah, he's not playing because he's suspended. I actually think, in 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 hindsight, this should be a good thing because, you know, he can miss again against Ingolstadt in sitting on four fellows. It was bound to happen at some point, and I think he could have just missed a more important game. Slightly. Um, So yeah. How 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 do you how do you think 
Tuchel will replace him? Do you think Kagawa and Pulisic and whatnot will play again? Yeah, it would be a logical choice. I mean, I would be crazy to take Kagawa out um, should he not be tired or injured or something. He's just on two... Uh, yeah, his run of form is just too good. And Pulisic was taken out kind of early against Lotte, I think. Um, so he, he should be fit as well. So I, I would play those two. And I'll be curious um, who gets to start up front if Aubameyang isn't fit enough. I mean, could Isaac really do much worse than Schürrle did? <laughs> <laughs> I think we won't see it. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Too yeah. soon because Tuchel also said that Isaac has to be patient and because Aubameyang and Schürrle are both in front of him. So I think it'll be Schürrle again. That's, that's something I want to uh, quickly comment on because... I thought those quotes were pretty interesting regarding Schürrle. He said uh, he sees Schürrle uh, as the best position for Schürrle as number nine. Uh, but in the summer when they signed him, his quote was, oh, we wanted a, f a player who can defend the wing for 90 minutes and all those things. So the, the transfer just makes less and less sense uh, with every month going by, basically, because at first they bought him as a, as a winger, then saw that didn't work out. Then they has has him as as a striker and sold Ramos. So okay, you have two strikers, but then you buy Isaac, who's seventeen and yeah, would probably be better if he was at least a second kind of striker. Um, I mean, maybe that's still to come. But now Isaac has uh, Shirley, who isn't doing well in front of him. I don't really see the yeah. I mean, a lot of people were critical of the of this transfer as well as the Rode one which still doesn't make any sense either. So, But it turns out to be maybe even worse than we, we thought it would be. Well, the thing is, Thomas Suchel, of course, played Schiller up front uh, in Mainz and I think probably yeah beforehand. I mean, still in Mainz, but also for the youth yeah, team. Yeah. Um, so, so, of course, he, he, he knew that was an option and they were also probably planning at some point that Aubameyang would departure and were probably taking a bet on on uh, Schürrle that he might mold into a striker in the long term because if you have Royce and, and, and Pulisic and all these other players developing as well as they are, uh, you probably already know that Schürrle on the wing is with his limitations won't be a long-term solution. But uh, I think for the, especially for the beginning of the season is what Tuchel said that they wanted to have the winger that can defend for 90 mi minutes there because you know he was looking for that stability we mustn't forget Henrik Mkhitaryan as good he was offensively he was also very good in his contribution defensively and Tuchel just needed needed someone uh, who can replace it but because after all Dortmund's defense has never looked too bright and they always play with a risk and I think that was lingering in the back of his mind so you know Schürrle molding into a striker isn't actually a bad thing. And I do personally think that Schürrle can be a good striker. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe Ingolstadt is now the game where he has to show it again. I mean, he looked already bright when he got the chance earlier in the game, uh, in the in the year against, what was it, Mainz and Bremen. So yeah, we will see. Josh, any final thoughts on, on the game against Ingolstadt before we wrap it up as we have to get out here now no i think uh, i think we pretty much hit everything on the head all right then i will uh 
grant you the uh, first punt on the predictions? <laughs> well, uh, boy, um, I'm going to go with a 3-1. Yeah, if, if Dortmund, I, I think it won't be comfortable. I think it'll be like a, a low to 3-1 where most of the goals come in late in the game. But if we get an early goal, who knows? The floodgates could open. Yeah, that is very true. I'm uh, going for 2-0, actually. So I, I think Dortmund will keep a clean sheet this time. We'll uh, do a little bit better on defending set pieces, and that should do the trick. Uh, Luca? Uh, I think a 2-1 for Dortmund, but a really tough one. Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be uh, the funnest, most brightest game ever to be played at the Signal Iduna Park at the Westfalen Stadion. Um, anyway, let's get the hell out of here. I want to thank everyone again for supporting us, which you can still do on patreon.com slash the yellow wall. Um, and I especially want to thank you, Josh, coming on the panel on such a short notice and still doing a fine job. So thank you. And uh, as a reward, you can now tell all listeners where they can find you on the internet and your written content as well. Well, it's been a pleasure, Stefan. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cambridge, and also my written work on Fear the Wall. That is very good. Luca, where can people find you? Oh, you didn't You didn't make the joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Luca Giel on Twitter. Yeah, maybe maybe you would have told people now where they can find you in Berlin when I just leave it open <laughs> where exactly. But wasn't the case. Anyway, you can find me at Stefan Butzko. Uh, you can find the show and contact us on Twitter and Facebook at Yellow Wall Pod. Uh, you can read the written content that we more or less regularly <laughs> post out <laughs> on yellowwallpod.com. As I said before, you can support us on Patreon and I will try to get more collector's cups on Friday. So look out for those. Um, yeah, that should be all. You can, of course, subscribe to the show and to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you are a nice person, you can leave us a rating. If not, then please don't. <laughs> we only want ratings so, from nice people. <laughs> yeah, we only want good ratings. We only want to uh, in indulge in, in all that compliments. Anywho, that should be all. We will be back after next week, and uh, we will probably have a Q&A pod during the international break so that was finally all from us and episode 178 goodbye